For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back for episode 12 of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. And it is episode 12. Do we have anything for episode 12? The number 12, that is? All I can think of is Brady versus Rogers, both number 12. Who do you like? No real baseball guys. I can't think of anyone in baseball. Yeah, I could look it up, but you know, 12 is not really a baseball it's number. A quarterback number. Yeah. Andrew Luck, Terry Bradshaw. Stall back. Back in the day. Everybody wears 12. Yeah. Uh, it's Brady, obviously. Yeah. I don't like Tom Brady, but... It's, it has to be Brady. Golden boy. He is. Uh, on today's show, stuff that's not football related, although we did give you Chiefs minus four last week and they covered, so hope you bet on that. You also gave them the Bears. And the over, but we're not going <laughs> to... I live bet the under twice and covered myself, so don't worry about it. Today's show, playoff recaps, and by playoffs I mean obviously not the Padres, but the minor league affiliates, the Sod Poodles, and the Storm, and the Dust Devils have all made the playoffs and have all done really well made the championship games for each of their respective leagues. It's a big deal. Do you remember that happening recently? Ever? I don't think ever. Not that we often pay attention to the minor leagues uh, playoffs, but I thought it was kind of a big deal. And I'm into it this year because not only are the affiliates all really good, but they're loaded with really good talent. And the sod poodles coming back down 0-2. Well, they're brand new. And yeah, it's a it's the first year they're around. It's a new stadium and... Yeah, big comeback in the series, and now they're playing Tulsa for the probably Texas should have looked this up. But when's the last when's the last time Padres minor league team has won a championship? Well, I know like Elsinore was 2011. Okay, but other than and Sod Poodles never. So how's that for your your stats? Yeah, it's their first year. Got to so. go way back, way in the way back machine. Call ups. We're also going to talk about call ups. Who are they, and do we care? I think most of the time the answer is it's September. So. You're getting lots of weird call-ups for guys that aren't really prospects getting their first taste. Like Eric Yardley came up for the first time this year, but yeah, usually older guys just giving them a look at the end of the year. Yeah, kind of a courtesy call-up. Right. We don't we don't really care about all these guys. They did their time in the minors. Give them a couple appearances so they can say they made it. They're gonna get that pension maybe if you stick around long enough. And then Baseball America did an all-star team for each league, so we're gonna see how the Padres did and who made what and. If we care about that too, which we do, because there are some big names on the list. So let's get into it. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Starting with the playoffs, uh, two things that I don't think happen very often are the team being good and the team having interesting prospects at the same time, because... Sometimes minor league teams can be full of older guys that are just, you know, position or uh, organizational depth, and they just happen to be good minor leaguers and they're quad A, quad A players and never guys teaching the younger guys. So Ty France in a couple of years, right? That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Although he's he want he's taking home a lot of hardware this offseason. He wants some stuff, a ton of hardware. Yeah. So because of things like promotions and injuries, you don't often get the best minor league teams winning. But it seems like this year at least with the Saab Poodles and the Storm, two teams that were loaded with minor league talent, kind of all stayed healthy. And because of you know the best players from the Storm being promoted and the Saab Poodles promoting all their guys, they would reinforce each other a little bit. And when, you know, like some players move up to AAA, high A sending other players up to AA and it kind of fixes itself. Same with low A. Low A had a lot of good talent this year. And when high A promoted people, they would get some talent from low A. So like, Gore and Patino moved up to Amarillo and then Yvonne Castillo and Xavier Edwards 
and Joey Cantillo would move up to Lake Elsinore. So they kind of, it kind of was like a perfect storm of the, the system is so loaded that they could all help each other out and we're able to sustain success throughout the year. Real next man up system. Yeah, it worked. Let's start with the Northwest league. So that's short season. And admittedly, I've kind of ignored the short season league all year because one, um, if you're not too familiar with it, it starts right after the draft. So in June, like mid June, and it ends today, actually with the final game of the championship series, the Tri-City Dust Devils are in it. If you don't know much about Tri-City, they they play out of Pasco, Washington. It's a Northwest League. It's short season ball. And it's mostly guys that were just picked this season or maybe some leftovers from last year. Um, they're finishing up the best of five today. Series tied 2-2. Yeah, they're playing the Spokane Indians, uh, who's a – I thought – I just assumed it was a Cleveland Indians affiliate. It's a, it's a Texas Rangers affiliate. Very random. Yeah, Spokane, too. I don't think of Native American culture being prevalent in Spokane. Although, I guess Pacific Northwest Spokane's out there. It is out there. You think it's close to Seattle? Not close at all. Same Spokane-Tacoma metro? Is that like the – No. no? Tacoma-Seattle. Tacoma-Seattle, that's right. Spokane's way east. It's closer to Boise. Gonzaga? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why Gonzaga is the only team in the country with their own private plane. And somehow they still recruit for basketball really well. Hmm. Makes you think. <laughs> so uh, the Northwest League, like some of the other low minor leagues, have two halves to their season. It's it's a really short season, like as we mentioned. So Tri City went sixteen and twenty two in the first half. They bounced back for a twenty two and sixteen record in the second half. And because the Spokane Indians won both halves, our Dust Devils were able to sneak in with a wild card and advance to the championship series by beating those uh, those same Spokane Indians. So that's nice. They did that at home last week with a walk off win in the tenth on a literal walk off walk. So Margot just – we're recording this on Wednesday, September 11th, and Margot just did that last night. So. Off ex-Padres pitcher. It wasn't Bradwick. It was a different Wick, wasn't it? No, who was – it was – Bradwick's a lefty, so the guy pitching last night. Oh, no. Who was it pitching last night? I'm blanking, but it was an ex-Padre. Figured out. So game five tonight, they're playing the Hillsboro Hops, which is an Arizona Diamondbacks affiliate. They won the second half of their division. I love that name, by the way. Hillsboro Hops. Hops? That should definitely be a that's Padres a top five, team. That's a top five name. With, you know, keeping beer local here in San Diego, the Hops is perfect for the Padres organization. I mean, we could steal that eventually, I guess. Minor league teams do. Those teams do change They change all the time. They're hermit crabs. We'll be watching that. Players that I'm keeping an eye on, on that team, uh, there aren't many, but one just because of the name, it's Cole Bellinger. He is, in fact, the younger brother of Cody, who is now that Yelich is hurt, is going to win the MVP in the National League. I think that's fair to say. Chizik. Oh, Steve Shishek. Yeah. Shishek. Yeah. Man, Chizik. Get out of here. C- Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I generally like younger brothers of when there's two major leaguers that are, or two baseball players coming up together or one a few years after the other, I, ch- I tend to f- like go towards gravitate towards the younger guy because they've played against their older brother their whole life. And they just kind of get better than him. Kind of like you and your younger brother. False. False. But do you know, you know where I'm going with that? Like with Corey Seager is a good example. Blake um, Griffin and his older brother, Blake oh yeah. Griffin, way better. The Mannings didn't really work out actually that way. Um, there, I guess there's a lot of examples. Well, they're both younger than Cooper. True. Peyton, take the younger brother. You've seen Cooper's son. Or yeah, Cooper's son, so Peyton and Eli's nephew. Does he? He's in eighth he grade, already getting like recruited by Alabama. Man, it sucks to be Cooper. starting on a varsity team. Doesn't it suck to be Cooper so much. <laughs> Everybody is better than Cooper in that family. Literally, I don't know what happened to him. So Cole uh, is a pitcher actually, and probably got the short end of the stick because he had a pretty rough year at um, Tri City. He started. 12 games had an ERA of 543 and he's a 16th round or a 15th round draft pick from 2017. So he saw some time, but powerhouse high school out there in Scottsdale, Hamilton. It's Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton high school yeah. from Arizona. A lot of good baseball out they, there. They let you guys up in high school. We don't talk about fight club. Okay. Logan Driscoll is also on this team. He, he was a, a pick last year, actually in the second round from the Padres uh, or from George Mason, man, you can talk at all. Uh, from George Mason, 
first year for him. So catching from college, he's kind of an unspectacular season from a 21 year old in the Northwest league. He had 266 with three home runs and a 340 OBP. Not that great, but he's supposed to have, uh, I mean, the scouting report on him out of college at least was above average power from the right side, average receiving average arm or a, a slightly above average arm, I guess. And he had a productive year offensively at George Mason hitting 339 with nine home runs. George but, Mason, not really a baseball powerhouse. You wouldn't think so. You remember back in, I think it was 2006, their final four run? Yeah, of course. that was a huge run. Lost to Florida in, this, in the final four. Yeah. Joe Kim Noah. The Noah team. Um, Al Horford. And then who was the other one? It was the big three. But ended up really just being the big two. Well, no, that other dude uh, stuck around for a while. He's been in the league a long time. He might still be in the league. What is it? It's blanking. Headband. Play on those Rockets teams. Some Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, the three-point shooter. Three and D guy. Yeah. yeah. Blanking. I just remember they beat that Darren Collison yeah. UCLA team in the final. Tweet at us. Can't remember. I don't remember. Can't believe I don't remember <laughs> that. Uh, but he, so um, Logan Driscoll, very productive in college, struggled badly in the Cape Cod League. So he, he the Cape Cod League is a summer college baseball league, similar to what I run out here in San Diego. But the Cape is where the best players all go. The elite of yeah. the elite. These guys all are eyeing the majors. And it's wood bat only. That's what summer leagues do. And he really struggled with wood bat against top competition. He had 204 and 28 games with just four walks. So for me, that's kind of a bit of a red flag. Great Cape Cod League movie. Summer Catch. Freddie Prince Jr. Is that That's a Cape Cod movie? Oh, yeah. Touche. Should we put that on the, the watch list? It's a great movie. Okay. I'll look into it. You've never seen it? No, of course not. Wow. Did you have a childhood? Freddie Prince Jr.? What was he in when we were like, uh, what was he really popular in? Is that 10 things I hate about you or how to lose a guy in 10 days? One of those things. Something. He was just the rom-com king. Rom-con con. (laughs) I went to go see one of those movies in fifth grade on a date. Nice. Super awkward because you're in fifth grade. And it was a double date actually. And then obviously never, nothing ever happened and we never went on a date again. Classic fifth grade romance. Yeah. There was a jacuzzi time afterwards, though. Whoa. Her parents were thrilled with that. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, her house, so, you know, whatever. I also really like, uh, on this Tri-City Dust Devils team, Jordy Barley. He was a 2016 international free agent signing from the Dominican Republic. 2016? That, that class? That again? class again. I think we've mentioned Barley in the past, but Barley kind of gets overshadowed because the success of all those other guys during or from that draft have been enormous and he's kind of been slow, but he signed for a million dollars back in 2016. He was a big time signing slow to develop, but I thought he had helium a couple years ago and he's just kind of, he's an offensive minded shortstop, but in this organization, an offensive so loaded a shortstop. Just... Yeah. He got blow. He got blown by a ton of guys. Multiple. In the yeah. Guys. Nothing you can really do about that. Still hit 254 with eight home runs. And 14 steals is just 19 years old. And he's got time. He's only 19. Only 19. And definitely, at, le- at worst case scenario, trade bait, organizational guy. But he's going to get, he's going to get a look at tri- or, um, Fort Wayne next year for sure. Low A. Cal League, my storm, uh, blew away Ranger Cucamonga. Love beating the Dodgers. Who is a Dodgers affiliate? Beat yeah. LA. Hi-A. They won 11 2 to advance the Cal League championship. They're also playing. Everybody's playing today. So we're recording this on, uh, like I said, 9-11. And all the games are happening today. And we're, we're going to keep an eye on that later and be tweeting out at night probably. Adrian Martinez pitched five scoreless. Tucupita Marcano got called up and has been playing for them. He had a huge two RBI double in the fifth that kind of blew this game open. And Tirso Ornelas, who our boy at Baseball America, Kyle Glazer, mentioned recently, has really been good since he, he kind of had some issues earlier in the season and was sent down to – the Arizona league to work on some things, um, extended spring training stuff like that. And he's bounced back really well. I think he's been hitting 280 plus since he returned and he's still really young too. Henry, Henry, two innings of relief with six strikeouts. He just got drafted for the Dominican winter league. Yeah. He's going to go to the winter the third league. round. That's, that's a big deal. Winter league, uh, 
in the Dominican is a big deal. They have a, I think they have six teams down there, similar to what they do in the Arizona Fall League, and they do a draft of players. Like, right. So uh, he's top eighteen pick in that league. And obviously, there's not everybody goes to this thing, but still nice to see. He's he had a really good year uh, for the ten caps. He was pitching out of their bullpen all season. Uh, two ninety five ERA and forty one appearances with nine strikeouts. Or I'm rounding here, but nine strikeouts per nine with less than two walks per nine. Um, and still only 20 years old, getting meaningful looks in the high A playoffs. That's not bad. He was a 2015 international signing from the Dominican. He was he got signed for $400,000. He made my midseason top 30 just missed. So he's he's kind of an, a name to keep an eye on. Not a, It's a bullpen guy. There's only so much you can do as a prospect. But he's been really good and has been in low A all year, moved up to high A and with six strikeouts and he struck outside both innings in his appearance and the Cali playoffs. It's, it's a big deal. That's great. Yeah. Game one of the championship series versus the Visalia Rawhide, who is an Arizona Diamondbacks affiliate was yesterday. The 10th storm started off strong one, five, two. So they have a one zero lead going into today. Game two is also today at uh, the lake in Lake Elsinore rehabbing Garrett Richards three yesterday. He threw four innings of two run ball. Game two, Reese Nyer. I think that's how you say his name. I've actually never heard it said out loud. What would you go with that? K-N-E-H-R. Nair? I think you nailed it. Nailed I'm not it. even going to try. Okay, we'll go with Nair. Uh, he's pitching for the Storm. He's going to start, and he's going against Ryan Weiss. I can do that name. Storm were hot. Um, I don't know about a sweep, but they, they've they been loaded with talent for a while now, and they got reinforced. Two Capitas up. I expect them to win the series. Uh, it depends on pitching. Don't you – wish they had Goran Patino right about now because they would just blow the doors off this series. And be over, yeah. Oh, my God. Garrett Richards supposedly going to start next week for the Padres, too. Make his Major League debut next week. Am I the only one who doesn't care at all? I kind of want to see if he's still got it. Yeah, but he hasn't shown anything so far. And I know he's rehabbing and he's working on things, and rehabbing stats don't really matter because, well, this is a playoffs. You better be trying to win. But during the season, he's pitching just to – work some things out, stretch himself out a little bit. I don't, I'm not really excited about Garrett Richards going to next season. It's almost like why even throw him this year? Like why even risk it? Well, so I've heard this is, I've heard things like that in response to pitchers who are rehabbing. And so like a few years ago, like Masahiro Tanaka was going to have Tommy John opted not to did rehab and then came back at the end of the season and people are like, why is he coming back? Like, why are we, they do this happens all the time with pitchers. Like, why is he coming back at the end of the season? Well, I think it's really important for a few reasons. One, the pitcher likes to go into the off season knowing he's healthy enough to pitch. So if you miss the whole season and the off season, now you're just, now it's in the back of your head the entire time going in like into spring training and then after spring training going into the regular season. So I think it's important mentally if he's healthy he should pitch just to clear his mind and know his arms not at risk of being hurt anymore. Right, so that he shows up in spring. Yeah, he's ready to knowing go. Knowing that this is his year, he's ready. Yeah, it's no longer we're testing the arm. It's we're, we're building back up for the season. It's, it's a normal offseason for him. So that's one. And then two, um, just if you're, if you're rehabbing, which you should be doing coming off an injury, it's important to ramp up activities to keep your arm – where it should be. And so like, you can't just shut down. Now it's going to be take, it's going to, the longer you shut it down, the longer it's going to take to build it back up. Right. So you might, if you, if the arm is healthy enough to pitch, it probably should pitch. There's no reason to hold him back. And we're not, I'm not talking about throwing him, you know, eight innings, 120 pitches or any, but get him out there enough. So Garrett Richards right now is sitting at like four innings to start. That's fine. I don't, uh, that's good for building, keeping his endurance up and his stamina and, Right, and even just in those four innings, we've seen his fastball decrease by the third and fourth inning. And that's okay. You kind of expect that a little bit, and we'll see how that progresses going forward. But um, if he's healthy enough to pitch, I say pitch him. But I'm just – I don't really care. I, I'm not trusting him at all next year. I don't even expect him to be in the rotation next year. Really? He's always hurt. And I, I just don't think the Padres should rely on him. It's nice that they signed him – and he's going to be a veteran presence on the staff, which they definitely need. And he could end up pitching. He could be the opening day starter next year. That's very possible. But I just don't expect him to be a meaningful contributor for the entire season. That's probably a pessimistic outlook. but um, Very pessimistic I don't, outlook. I, yeah, I just don't think he has it anymore. He was good for a few years with the Angels and just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And that's 
not his fault, but it's an unfortunate truth. That's all. I hope you're wrong. Me too. I'd love to be wrong about that. I'd love him to be great and lead him and Paddock and maybe Gore, Lauer, Lucchese. That's a rotate. And Lamette, that's, all, that's, a, that's a rotation now. Thor, Mets talking about trading him again. Ugh. They're going to want too much. I, I guarantee it. They're too stupid to ask for a reasonable trade. They've proven to be too dumb. Like, I don't know how we're going to get them to trade us Thor for anything that we think we can offer. Maybe Preller can fleece them. They're going to, hey, we want CJ Abrams. No. Okay. We want Gore. No. We want Patino. No. Okay. Well, we're not going to your fifth best prospect. Preller is going to have a hell of a time convincing them. Well, hey, our fifth best prospect is the number one prospect on half the other teams. Right. But the the Mets look at it that way. Like, hey, we can't even get your third best guy for Thor. Then we're, we're going to hang up the phone. Yeah. That's just, that's unfortunate when you have so many good prospects that that's going to be the asking price. Texas League in their first year of existence. Our Saudis. Or our poodles. It's Saudis, we've determined. I know, but we're not going to try to make poodles happen. Nah. Damn. They're headed to the Texas League Championship Series. So Taylor Trammell went two for three with a walk. So hot right now. He couldn't be hotter. They're going to get started playing in a few minutes here. Game two. Uh, but going back to the champion, how they, how they got here, they built an early lead, um, scoring all of their runs in the second inning, chasing starter, James nail Naley, and beat the, the Midland rock hounds. Who's an Oakland A's affiliate seven to five. So that's how they got here. Um, winning the last series against Midland is Tramel back. Oh, he's back. It was a rough start for him coming over here. You remember I've always been on the Taylor side. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause he's been terrible the entire season. And then you were just happy to get rid of Fran Mo Reyes. Yeah, you see. Fernando Reyes is having a decent year, too. He's doing okay. He's built for the AL. He was. And it's gonna, if he's good over there, that's fine, because he was never going to be that here. You can kind of just assume. But Trammell, who has all this prospect pedigree, has been you know off and on a top 20-ish prospect in all of baseball, number one prospect for the Reds. I still don't think he's a center fielder. You like him at center field as soon as next year, right? I could see him as a midseason call-up for center field, yeah. I mean, the way he's been hitting lately, I know it's a short sample size, but he's been so hot. Yeah. And building all this confidence in the playoffs, it's great for him. I think he's back. I hope he's in spring tra- – he has to be in spring training next year. Oh, he'll for sure be in spring training. And the Potter's outfield is vulnerable. There's some there's some guys that probably deserve more of a look next year. So I'm thinking like Margot is just your default center fielder. Right. Will Myers is still around. He's probably going to be starting somewhere. Left. And then Naylor, what do you do with him? And then Renfro. Who's been Renfro's ice been the worst, right? Like the last few weeks. Yeah. He got exposed since Fran Miltrace got right. traded. When he was only hitting lefties. But those are some guys that I'm not sure Taylor Trammell is ready to necessarily jump over yet. Right. I think it's definitely midseason. Start him in El Paso next year. So midseason comes around. By midseason next year, Hunter Renfro has been sent to the sun. Uh, Josh Naylor, I'm guessing, is holding his own. Will Myers, I hope, has bounced back. And then Margot... Is just Margot. So, He's solid. So what's in the way for Trammell, really? Trammell comes up and he'd be a fourth outfielder. And then the second someone's hurt, maybe he just runs away with the job. Right. Well, now we have Martini. Eh, he's he's nobody. I'm not worried about Martini. All right. He looks hot as hell, though. It's a nine-game hit streak. He's a, he's a good-looking boy. And he can <laughs> hit a little bit, too. He's got he's got huge BP power, um, batting practice power. But he has Great a really, eye, too. Walks a ton. Great beard. Yeah. He's a dreamboat, beard, but beard game strong. I haven't really seen anything from him yet. He's not, I mean, the A's released him outright. We'll get to him in a minute. But anyway, game one for our poodles. I'm going to, I'm going to die on that hill. Uh, Saudis. Texas league championship is going to be at Hodgetown versus the Tulsa drillers, which this season have been an absolutely loaded double a team, although slightly depleted now because Gavin Lux, who was baseball America's runner up player of the year, uh, or was it? No, Gavin Lux was Baseball America's Player of the Year. Yes, he was. They, he was Keith Law's runner-up Player of the Year. So obviously he's up with the Dodgers now, and he's killing. He had his first home run yesterday. Dustin hey. May was also on this team to start the season, and that's a reason why they were so good. They had two of the top prospects in baseball killing it for this team, and they're gone. And the Poodles, I think, have a chance to take advantage of that. They're so hot. Nice. They're hot. And they won game one, 13 to six, led by uh, Edward Olivares, who led the Texas League in RBIs pretty quietly. Do you see those videos? It looked rocking in Hodgetown. 
It looks really fun. Uh, the atmosphere is crazy down there. New stadium, fun team, loaded with prospects that everybody knows. They came back on the bus and the locals were greeting them off the bus. That's like circa Great scene. Padres 98 when they came home from New York, you know? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, or I'm thinking uh, when the Chargers came home after beating the Steelers in 94. When there wasn't even a game and the stadium was full. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they had that big game over um, – who was the quarterback for that Steelers team? Neil O'Donnell. And then Wow, good memory. Yeah. That was a that was a great game. I mean, the ending of that game, that little pass over the middle that could have been a touchdown and it's knocked down and it's a walk-off win for the Chargers back when I actually cared and liked the Chargers. And now Fuck them. Yeah, now I'm done. <laughs> uh Spanos is a little bitch. So your boy Lake Bacher pitched well. He pitched four innings, one run ball. Multi-hit games all around in game one. That's what happens when you score. Everybody was getting hit. You score 13 runs. That's what's going to happen. So Trammell, who has been hot as anyone in the world, two for four. Luis Torrens, who's kind of come back on the prospect scene. He was up. He was a rule five guy a couple years ago. Didn't do anything and still very young. Um, He was three for three. Ivan Castillo, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, maybe. Yep. Uh, That you like. He was two for four. Hudson Potts, two for five. And Owen Miller, who we like, is kind of a sleeper guy. over five. Ouch. Uh, you hate to see that happen. That's the worst when everybody else is on the team is hitting and you're just 0 for 5. <laughs> Game one of the series, you win 13-6. Everybody has multi-hit games and you didn't do you didn't do shit. Uh, he's had a good year though. And we're going to talk about him later in the podcast. Um, third round pick from Illinois State. The Redbirds. Making a Redbirds. Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah, college guy, third rounder. So good year for him. And he's gonna, I've yeah. been to that town. There's nothing there. Why were you ever there? What could you possibly be doing there? I used to work for State Farm, and Bloomington, Illinois, is the home of State Farm. <laughs> so they make every employee fly out to go check the just to look at to look something. at it and do some training out uh, there. They 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 flew you out, flew me out to Bloomington, not I had Indiana, to fly to Chicago, which is where I and then is. get That's on one of those little puddle planes to go to Bloomington, <laughs> Illinois. Those are awful because they're those are so loud. Those prop planes, yeah, I hate scary those things. And it's not, yeah, it's not even where, it's not Indiana. It's Illinois. It's the worst right. of the Bloomingtons. When I first heard Bloomington, I was like, yes, college <laughs> <Sure>. town. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, they deked you on that one. Anyway, tonight is game two back at Hodgetown. They're playing pretty soon, actually. Jacob Nix is going to be starting. Are you expecting a 2-0 lead with Jacob Nix on the hill? Yeah. At home, Hodgetown. Hodgetown's rocking. popping. And you've got Taylor Trammell leading off again. And Taylor Trammell's hitting everything. You know he's. He's going to have a huge game. Tonight. I'm predicting a big, a big game from Taylor Huge Trammell. game. Going against Leo Crawford. So Leo Crawford's not a name that probably anybody knows outside of the Dodgers organization. And even if you follow Dodgers, you probably don't know who Leo Crawford is because he is not a big time prospect, but uh, still had a very nice season in high A, earned a call up to double A, still pitched very well for them all year. And he's he's from Nicaragua. This game's not going to be a cakewalk by any means. But not many players coming out of Nicaragua. No, there aren't. It's pretty rare. Um Good for him. Yeah, it is good for him. I'm sure Nicaragua really embraces that. I just love beating any Dodgers affiliate. Yeah. Just feels so much better. Quakes. See ya. (laughs) Now Driller's up next. So moving on to this this segment's called call-ups. Do we care? And my answer to most of these is going to be no. But here's a list of names. Uh, We're not going to do everybody that's been called up recently, but ones that we have not talked about on the show. So like, Ronald Bolaños, who's been pitching for the Padres. He's been pitching well. He's okay. Two mind. starts. He's looked decent. I don't mind him. He's young. Or he's not that young. He's 23. But anyway, these guys have all been added to the 40-man. And I've been watching the games lately where these roster expansions. Teams, They're so slow. It's so boring. It's the worst. Baseball has a, a boring problem. And this is the worst part of the season if you're trying to. It's like to an AL East game every game. It's even the, the, the game yesterday with the Cubs, uh, Cubs used three pitchers and a half inning. Potters used three pitchers and a half inning. It's just, it's unwatchable. And thank God they're getting rid of this rule next year. Do you remember that? They they changed that? That is a great rule. They're I love gonna, that rule. Yeah, so that you're not going to just have access to everyone on your 40-man each game. And they're also getting rid of the guy who comes in to face one batter, the loogie, the lefty, left-handed, one-out only guy. Sucks for Oliver Perez. Yeah, his, his career Still done. in the league. But I was arguing – so on the, the last podcast I did before the Potter's Prospects one, we argued about this a little bit when the news came out that they were making this change. Um, I don't mind that those guys don't have jobs anymore because 
you're not a real baseball player if all you can do is get one out. I don't think you deserve to be on the major league roster. So I don't feel bad. Like, oh, these guys are losing their life. Like, no, you you had a good run. You're not good anymore. There's a reason why you face one batter. So I don't mind. Like Jesse Orozco had like a 30-year career. (laughs) Just because of that. Well, Oliver – it's the only thing keeping Oliver Perez in the league. Even if he is still in the league. I don't even know if he is. But – um. So yeah, there, the rule next year is you're, if you come into the game, you're going to have to face more than one batter before you can be removed. And injuries might happen. And- Does an intentional walk count as a batter? Yeah. It's a plate appearance. Okay. So that you can bring them in, say, runners on second base, bring the new pitcher in, intentional walk, doesn't even throw it to anybody, and then <laughs> he's throwing to that second batter. That'd be interesting, but because you're it's it's per batter, I don't think it's per at bat because a walk doesn't count as a net bat. So it w- it, you can no, do that. No, I'm thinking the rule is stated that you face, you have to face more than one batter. Not at, not at bat. They're different. The batter is the person, right? So, you if know, if you face one person and you just signal for the intentional walk, no, you face, that was it. You're now you're out of the game, but then you'd have to face the second batter. You oh yeah. They, yeah. Could, they couldn't remove. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you can come in and do that. I confused myself in there. Yeah. Yeah. So you could, I don't know why you would do that. Just put you in a pretzel there. Yeah. <laughs> Wild card. It doesn't make it. I don't think it'd make any <laughs> sense to do that. Um, Watch it happen next year. You know what? Who's going to do it? The Rays are going to do it. And then it's going to take over and everyone's going to do it. Yep. And then we don't know why they're doing it, but it's like, Hey, the Rays did it. The opener. So who, yeah, I, I like the opener. So who has been called up that we have not discussed? David Bednar. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's kind of a nobody. He was a 35th rounder from, uh, well, in the 2016 draft. He's a college pitcher from Lafayette. Throws good, right. Good story, though. 35th round, making it. Yeah, it's awesome for him. But uh, as prospect people and pottery people, other than just like, hey, it's great that he made it, like, we don't really care because he's not going to be. He's not going to be anything. Yeah. He actually has had a really good season um, and he had a good last season too. In 2018, he pitched for Lake Elsinore. It was his second stint with Lake Elsinore in 273 ERA. Then this year started with Amarillo, had a 295 ERA in 44 appearances and has pitched three and two thirds so far and hasn't given up a run. And he strikes people out. He's the last few years. He's struck out 12.46 per nine, 13.34 per nine. And for his minor league career, He's at 12 and a half strikeouts per nine and doesn't really walk anybody. So did I, did just, you just talk yourself? I out just of talk that? myself into him. <laughs> I might be into him, uh, but it's just like a, a middle relief character. That's fine. It's not going to be a super impactful player going forward, but the Padres bullpen this year has kind of proved they need guys like this. So they maybe, definitely need guys like this. And honestly, they actually do find bullpen pieces kind of all over the place. They pick up guys off waivers and they turn them into studs and, you know, 35th rounder, 1,044th pick overall. That If that turns into a guy, that's, hey, great value. by That's a preller pick. You think he got a tattoo, 1,443? 44. Well, 43, because that's how many people oh. were taken in front of him. You would do that, wouldn't you? That sounds like a Wade tattoo. Well, it's a sheriff tattoo. Is it? Paddock. Did he do that, really? Yeah. Where you, did he- you didn't know that? No. That's Paddock's like, thing. Where is it? On his chest. I don't like that location. What's it say? However many people were taken in front of him. Yeah, well, how many were there? 600-something. Shocker, you didn't know this. Not a fanboy. Not a sheriff fanboy? No. Wow. Professional. Paddock was an eighth rounder. That's not even that late. 236th overall by the Chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Well... Thought he was number one. Potter has just stolen from the Marlins. Yeah. That was a good time. Preller strikes again, huh? Uh, Javi Guerra. Also, we haven't talked about him. He's been up for a couple weeks now. Ex shortstop. Yeah. He came over in that trade uh, from the Boston Red Sox with Manuel Margot, actually. Right. For Craig Kimbrell and Logan Allen. Potter's got a haul there. And Logan Allen ended up helping get Taylor Trammell here. And he has been kind of off and on our starting center fielder, providing a little bit of value. Margot. What did I say? Mejia. Yeah, I got Mejia on the head, on my brain. Uh, but Guerra was like kind of this helium rising shortstop who had a really big year offensively 
in the Red Sox system. And we kind of thought he was going to continue that flamed out. He was no, didn't figure it out. That was a, it was a fluke year for him. hot garbage at short, but has turned into a decent little relief pitcher. And he's and by little, I mean, he is little, he's listed at five eleven, buck 55 throws gas though. I'd be surprised he was even that tall, but yeah, he does throw some heat. And so far everyone's hitting it. He's pitched one and two thirds innings and has a 21.6 ERA. Yikes. Three home runs in less than two innings. Yikes. And two strikeouts though. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think people do like him and not just people that like his story, but I think prospect evaluators like what he has. And Keith Law likes him. Yeah. He's still relatively new to pitching and he's still also pretty young. He's from Panama. He's 23. Um, Makes you wonder why the Padres even brought him up this year. Like, just yeah. to have him come up and get shelled. He hasn't. And destroy his confidence. He's Yeah. He's got like 20 innings minor league under his belt. Like, why, why are we even doing this? Right. Put, put him on the Sob Poodles team. He, right. He's pitching for the Saw Poodles. Get him before. some playoff experience. Yeah, he pitched four and a third for the Saw Poodles this season. Uh, before that, he pitched uh, 17 innings for Lake Elsinore and has been pretty solid across the board. I mean, not really super impressive, but good enough. And I would have liked to see him in the Saw Poodles race at least. Uh, maybe not quite ready for the, the Potter. I guess maybe they needed a pitcher, but. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen's been trash this entire season. How bad is your bullpen if you need Javi Guerra to come in? To just give up bombs to people. Not great. Just need innings eaters. Who was giving up bombs yesterday? Oh, that was Andres Munoz. Yeah. That was not, that was not. Both 100 watch. mile an hour fastballs <laughs> just went out. Yeah. And like pulled too. No yeah. one, <laughs> nobody was late on those. Other guys, Seth Mejias Breen. So that's an interesting name. He's an infielder. He's kind of played all around. Starting the, tonight at first. Yeah. He's played a little first. He's played a little third. He's played a little short. Unfortunately, he's not – I had never heard of this dude before um, he got called up. Same. And there's a good reason. He's he's not really a prospect. He's 28 years old, organizational depth guy, uh, has never made the majors before. So it, when he got called up, um, it was a few days ago, he's had two at-bats, um, no hits, but – Kind of just a tip of the cap. Thanks for being in the minors Major forever. League debut, yeah. Here's your chance. He had a good year. He had a 409 at bats this year for AAA El Paso, playing all over the infield. Like I said, mostly third and short, and hit 315 with 11 home runs. So congrats to to Seth. For I feel like everyone on the just every Chihuahua hit over 300 this year. Yeah, Ty France taught us a lot about that league this year. I mean, you knew it was a hitters league, but Ty France went above and beyond. Nick Martini, we also didn't discuss. He was he came over that via waivers from Oakland A's, and we talked about how handsome he is. And started a playoff game for the A's last year. Did he? I don't remember that. There are the anything? the wild card game led off for oh, them. They, they lost that game. Yeah, yeah. he led off really. Yeah. How do you remember that? Did you look that up? No, just remembered. Didn't do any homework for the show. Just lucked into that. All one. off the top of the head, baby. Nice job. Austin Allen's back up. So we've talked about Austin Allen a lot and Ronald Bolaños has been getting a few chances to start. So that's good for him too. Anybody in that list stand out to you? I mean, we, we talked about, I think, uh, Gara the most and Bednar a little bit more than I even thought I was going to, but is anything, is anyone that interesting? I think Martini is, and it kind of just is a slap in the face to Jankowski because they're basically the same player. So it's, are they Jankowski's like speed defense guy only Martini's, Allegedly a big power bat from the left side, but I haven't seen anything. I mean, they're both lefty hitters and you go get another guy, not give Jankowski a chance. I think the Padres, it just shows that they're done with Jankowski. I'm done. Aren't you done with Jankowski? Yeah. I mean, he didn't even get a shot this year. He's had his chance. I guess. My dad likes Jankowski. He hustles. I think he's the only one. Yeah. (laughs) It's the the hair. It's the defense. Um, He had a, he's had his chance. I don't really care. For me, None of these guys. Um, I think I'm a David Bednar guy now. Look, look what happened. Went from being a nobody to <laughs> now he's your favorite prospect. <laughs> the, um, but the thing is with this list, like people that I care about. So when when we're looking at prospects, you, you kind of have to be picky. Like not everybody's just because you had a good season doesn't make you a good prospect. And I'm looking. I'm trying to project. Okay, who's going to make the roster in the future for the Padres? Let alone who's going to make the roster. And be a starter at a position, or in his case, 
in the bullpen. Um, is he going to be a high, a high leverage bullpen guy? Probably not. Is he going to put up positive war seasons? Those are the only things that really help you win games. So that's what I care about. And for these guys, Javi Garam is the maybe for me. And David Bednar is probably the one guy that I see shifting into a meaningful role, like mid rotation bullpen guy, assuming he keeps doing what he's doing, which it looks like he's going to. Right. Just that innings eater, middle of the bullpen guy. Yeah. Coming in when, you know, it's emergency guy in the fifth inning or the sixth inning or, or you're down by five, six runs, like kind of like a Adam Simber who we traded, uh, with Brad Hand to the the Indians a couple of years ago. Yep. So just kind of like a middle 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 bullpen guy, not really high leverage, but a guy that you need, and hopefully he can provide some value. And then all of a sudden, if he's good, the rest of the bullpen's pretty good too. Because I like a lot of the other guys at the back of the bullpen. I think Munoz is still only twenty years old. I think he figures it out. Michelle Baez, who's my favorite guy in the bullpen, I think figures it out. He's not going to be able to blow people away with ninety eight, ninety nine. Biggest pet peeve of these broadcast lately has been every time Munoz is hundred miles per hour, they have to announce it and they get really excited. Well, you know what? Everybody throws hundred miles per hour. Yeah. So it goes straight. I'm not that impressed. It goes out faster. Yeah. Chris Bryant sent two of them out yesterday. So maybe let's not just get excited about the radar gun every time he hits a hundred, but let's figure out if he can be a good pitcher and not just someone who throws hard, throw, get throws gas. Yeah. And Kirby Yates, if he's still on the team next year too, I know you really wanted to trade him, but if he, yeah, all of a sudden the bullpen's not bad. Last thing we're going to talk about today before we get the F out of H is going to be uh, Baseball America has put out some pottery news, which I thought was interesting. And it's not really pottery news, but they've announced their first team all prospect. I think I made up that name for them, but they did a first team of all minor league, all the minor league players. Yeah. Right. And every division. Yeah. They announced, um, their player of the year, which was Kevin Lux and no argument for me there. Gavin Lux on the Dodgers has been incredible hit over 400 at triple a and was a stud in double a before that, but their first team all prospect, you've got some diamondbacks on it. So Dalton Varsho catcher, he's on diamondbacks, Seth beer, who they traded for from Houston. He's the first baseman. Gavin Lux is at second. Your guy, Ty France is the third baseman. Wander Franco, who is the best prospect in baseball, shortstop. He's been in low A most of the year. He's a Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays property. Dylan Carlson from St. Louis is in the outfield, along with Luis Robert, Chicago White Sox. And I'm pretty sure that is Robert. I've heard his name a lot, and some people say Luis Robert, but I'm, I'm almost certain it's Robert. Jared Kalenic, who I've talked about on the show before, too, because I happen to like him. He is up in Seattle. He's another outfielder, still very young, and was just drafted last year. And then Kevin Crone, also from the Diamondbacks. So he's the DH. The Diamondbacks have three dudes on those Three list. guys on that list. That's nuts. Two That's of them. That's not good for the Padres. No. The, the Dodgers have one, too. And uh, who's the guy that stands out to you here? And for me, it's Ty France, because he's the only non-prospect on this list. But you have to put him on that list with how well he you kinda, played this you had like, to. There's no way you could leave him off. But like Wander Franco at shortstop is the best prospect in baseball. Gavin Lux, the second baseman. Is probably the second best prospect in baseball. Seth Beer. Seth Beer is a dude. Varsho's a dude. Uh, Dylan Carlson's a dude. Ro- Robert is going to be a top five prospect, and he was looking at a call up th- this year. He's going to get called up next year. Kalenic has flown up prospect rankings, drafted last year by the Mets, and they foolishly traded him away. Kevin Crone, not so much a dude, um, but put up really good numbers this year for his Diamondbacks affiliate. And Ty France also put up studly numbers. And he won Pacific Coast League Player of the Year. Start him at second next year. You kind of have to just try him somewhere, right? He's proved he's been hitting some bombs lately. He look at he's on this list with all these stud prospects, and he's admittedly not really a he's not on a top prospect prospect list anywhere. A top one hundred list, you won't find him on any. Trade him to the Mets for Thor. (laughs) The Mets could probably use him. It's it's just too bad he's the one. He and Kevin Crone aren't really – they had great years, and Kevin Crone might turn into a power guy in Arizona, but it's going to be tough for Ty France to do anything with the Padres. Like we're – because you can't start him anywhere. Second. You, you're done with Luis Arias already? Because he's yeah. been a top 50 prospect in baseball. He's done. He's done. He's been a stud everywhere he's gone, and he's struggled this year. And Ty France – it's not like Ty France did anything with the Padres this season to earn a starting spot next year. First base. 
You know, Aztecs for life. Want to see him out there. I guess – hasn't Andy Green kind of hinted that he's going to bounce around a little bit next year? Maybe be the backup at third, short, second? Andy Green's also going to bounce the F out of here next year. Andy Andy (laughs) Green, maybe you shouldn't be proclaiming anything like that yet. Although I think there's a good chance he comes back. Ugh. You're so anti. Who do you bring in? Who do you like that? Want Rod Gardner? Who do you want? Bochi? Make an offer to Bochi he can't refuse? Wally Joyner. Where is he right now? No idea. I bet he's coaching somewhere. Maybe. It'll be nice. Phil Nevin. He's third base coach for the Yankees right now. I bet you could steal him from the Yankees. Give him, yeah. a, give him a manager job. I don't know. Why not? Not the biggest Phil guy. His uh, his kid's a Poway High grad. So it was like all the Padres. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's going to end up bouncing around next year. So like be the backup at second, first, short, and third and play three times a week pinch it late in games, he'll get enough at bats. And if he turns out to be any kind of good, then he'll get more playing time based on that. Yeah. Bonus list. So this is a baseball America all-star list per league. So the Padres play in the Pacific coast league, which is triple a and Austin Allen sneakily had a really good, like beyond what I thought he did. Like I knew he had a good year in triple a, but he hit 330 with 21 bombs for El Paso. And I don't know, nobody hits in El Paso, but still. And then there's Kevin Everybody Crone. hits in El Paso, you mean? I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Right over your head. Kevin Crone on the list. Um, we're not going to do everybody here, but there's Ty France at third base, Lux at short. Um, some other really big names. Jordan Alvarez, who's been killing it for the Astros this season. If you've been paying attention to the late season call-ups, he's been one of the best players in baseball since he got called up. And he's on this... Uh, Pacific Coast League list. Or is this a mashup? This is a mashup between International League and Pacific Coast League. Yeah, it's all AAA. Touche list. You got me. So there's, I mean, there's only one Padre or two Padres on the list. Austin Allen and Ty France. So good for them. Player of the year, Ty France. AAA. Just AAA in general, player of the year. Start him at second. Gotta start, he's got to play somewhere. Uh, your AA All-Stars. So this is Eastern League and Southern League and Texas League. Padres, Poodles, of course, play in the Texas League. And who we were, t- we were talking about him earlier in his 0 for 5 outing, Owen Miller, the Illinois State Redbird third round pick. From- Start him at second? <laughs> Not if he can't hit in the playoffs. He hit, <laughs> he hit 290 with 13 home runs in Amarillo this year. Gavin Lux also made this list. How funny is that? That's made how good, both. That's how good Gavin Lux was. And he had enough at bats to qualify at both. Um just he's studly and there's Luis Robert and Seth beer on this list also. Oh, and Dylan Carlson. Yeah. Moving down to high a, which is California league, Carolina league, Florida state league. California league is obviously where the storm play. Capusano was the catcher for this league. Um, another interesting guys, Jeter downs who the Dodgers acquired from the reds last year or last off season in that Puig trade. He's really good. And so is Josiah gray. The other guy they got in that trade. Um, he's not, on this list? No, he's not. But he's he had a really good season. Uh, he's a starting pitcher in the Dodgers system. Jeter Downs going to be a guy. Dodgers are stacked in the minors. It's really worrisome, and they're just retooling every single year. Padres are beating them though. Pitcher of the year, colleague Mackenzie Gore. So he made the All Star team and was pitcher of the year. That's a big. He's he's pretty good. Studly. Low class A Midwest. Other couple Padres made this list. My guy, Xavier Edwards, although he got called up later to uh, the storm. Hi. Yeah, there you go. And then um, Miguel Vargas on the Dodgers. Also, there's another Dodger here. Miguel Vargas is going to be a stud if you want to pick him up in any kind of deep dynasty league or something. He's a under the radar guy. Wander Franco. He's your player of the year in the minors, and he's on this list. He's going to win player of the year. Also in the low A uh, Midwest League, Joey Cantillo made the list also for the Padres. That's pretty nice. Hawaiian punch. Yeah. he. The, the sky report isn't that favorable to him, but he's deceptive lefty who, if he starts pumping mid nineties and he can be a guy, he's moving up everybody's lists. Yeah. We like him short season dust devils. Didn't have anybody. That's another reason why we kind of pass on the dust devils this year is because, uh, they just didn't have a lot of interesting young names. Um, we went over a few of them earlier guys to look at. In here, though, Christian Robinson, he's a dimeback. He played for Hillsboro. Um, he had a really good year. He's a Dominican guy. 
319 with nine home runs. So watch out for him. A Giants player, Alexander Canario. I think he was in that same class with Christian Robinson. Really good uh, international free agent signing. He had 300 with nine home runs. Um, the division just like our our division has a lot of good prospects in it. So between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and the Padres, there's a lot. You don't see many Giants though. Not many Love giants. seeing that. Uh, Canario's one. Moriosu Dubon is just a guy they called up. They got him from the Brewers uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was a few weeks ago or a month ago. Dubon is an interesting little guy, plays middle infield, can hit, can run. Um, but outside of that, not a lot, a lot. That was your bonus list, Wade. What'd you think? I wanted to see CJ Abrams on multiple league lists there. Yeah. He just didn't get enough, enough ABs. Although I think he did win. Um, he won something, didn't he? Rookie ball player of the year. Yeah, AZL. He won AZL player of the year. I mean, what did he do? Hit 400? Yeah. Yeah, he's a joke. Blew through that league. You got any picks for us this league, this week? Lock of the week? We're one and one so far. Bears did not cover. Chiefs made me look really smart. I still like that Deshaun Watson MVP value, plus 2,000. You know, I hate the Chargers, but I'm going to take them plus two and a half this week. The Lions just don't impress me. At Detroit. At Detroit. De- Detroit home opener. Chargers of the lock of the week. Take the points. I like the Eagles minus two at Atlanta. They're just, Atlanta's really bad. They have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and some other little. They, Calvin Ridley. They can't stop anyone. I'm not. They don't worry me at all. The, Minnesota's good and Minnesota just stomped them last week. I like Philly to figure it out. Philly's loaded. So I guess we'll do two picks. I mean, week. Philly almost lost to the Redskins. Oh, yeah, they started. They went down 17-0, but then stormed back. So True. Th- I think they kind of figured it out. We do that every week now? You you have a pick, I'll give a pick maybe, and we'll see sure. how it goes. Keep our record? Sure. All right. Last year I went – or last week I went one-on-one. One. You didn't really give a pick. No, I think I took Bears. Oh, you did. I was, you I was were on the record. I was on one. You were on the record for the Check Bears. the tape. Um, I'll be honest. All right, so you have the Chargers plus two, I have the Eagles minus two. We'll see how it goes. Locking in those lines right now. So that's going to do the show. Thank you for listening. As always, please follow the show's Twitter account, which is at Fryer Farmhands. Check it out if you enjoy the show. Please remember to subscribe. We're available on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe in Potter's Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, you're Wade. I'm Ryan. See you guys next week. Peace out. Yeah, we never really introduce ourselves, but who cares? I like being mysterious. It's the same show every week. You don't need to introduce yourself every fucking yeah. time. That's just because that guy. That guy was new. Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.